Oh, and thank you once again for listening to Tyson Fights. Um, do you like us? Please like us. I like you. If you like us, please go to iTunes and you can hit them fives. You can do like Deeds 8. Deeds 8 says he's not a wrestling fan, but still loves to hear everything we have to say on the show every week. That is craziness. Uh, thank you. <laughs> for listening to the show when you have no idea what we're talking about. Now, for those of you who do, you have no excuse. Hit them fives. Five dollar podcast. <laughs> any, <Five> any, any. Tights and Fights podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. There's a guy named Al and there's Daniel and there's Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show oh, that discusses God. wrestling with sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I miss us. Right? I do. We're finally back together in one room. That's right. I'm your fake white pod dad, Hal Rebland. <laughs> <laughs> I love cold reading this. I'm joined by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation, the woman who's waiting for her Mattel Barbie, Danielle Radford. Oh, yeah, I am. God damn it. Yes, you're right. That's, a, that's not a joke. That's real. Why is that not happening? I keep telling y'all, if y'all want to put me in Fire Pro, if you want to uh, <laughs> show me- I show your me Danielle your Caw? Yeah. My Danielle Caw? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Make me a car. Call would, me. What would your finisher be? Oh, geez. Is there one where you just yell at people in a loud, loud voice? Uh, they can do it. They that's, can make I it think happen. That's, I think yeah. that's Sindel from Mortal Kombat. Um, I don't know what my finisher would be. What kind of finisher could I do? I think it'd probably... God, I'd probably be like... I'm too much of a, I'd be too much of a face to do the nut punch, but that's all I'm capable of. You can smile and do it. Yeah, there that'll be go. your thing. The smiling nut punch. The yeah. smiling nut punch. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's what you call it. <laughs> oh, my bad. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that other voice you're hearing is the man who hits like a rock and sings like a dove with the power of love. Okay. That's Mike Eagle. Ooh, I that's like right. That. I, 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 yeah, I do all that stuff. <laughs> you do. I just got through doing all that right now. You have a long list of accomplishments. I do. One it's, of them is, is exactly three things long. Hitting like a rock. Yep. That's right. Mm -hmm. Sings like a dove. Yep. True. Mm -hmm. And does it all with the power of love. See. Beautiful. That's what a dove sounds like. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> that's a, that's a bass ass dove that's right there. Right. I like that. That dove got some bass in his voice. <laughs> This is what it sounds like when doves smile. Mm. Sorry, That's a thinker. That's a thinker. <laughs> Sorry. I love that. Like your 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 uh your theme music would start with that. Sorry. And then, and then your music would. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Coming up on this week's show, whatever happened to the brand of tomorrow? an American identity crisis, and a lot more. But first, let's talk about Battleground, the SmackDown pay-per-view from Sunday. I was at the show live. You were! Yes. Lucky so-and-so. Were Thank you lucky? You. I was super lucky. My uh, my buddy, Wynn, who used to work there as a carpenter, hooked me up through uh, somebody who currently works there, uh, whose identity is a mystery to me. 
So whoever you are, mystery man or woman, I thank you. We were sitting three rows behind the barricade. Wow. Yeah, your seats were stupid. I was looking yeah. at your seats and I was like, God, how dare you? I do have a collectible chair. Oh, what? nice. That's I have a battleground amazing. chair. The seat of which has gender. <laughs> Gender. And Randy on it. So you just Aww. sit just with sit the Punjabi prison in the background. Yeah, you know, I've I've been calling the show Buttleground in my head anyway, and now that finally makes sense. That's real. That's real. Great seats, but that prison is not set up to let anybody but the people at home see what's going on. I couldn't. I, I could not see yeah. the great Kali. No. I had no idea. I was like, oh, they're playing his, they're playing Jinder's music. I guess he won. Which makes sense. Yeah, I was wondering about that because I was like, we were we were just talking outside, and I was like, that must suck so bad for people who paid. You pay so much money for those seats. You deal with such the hassle of like finding parking. Do we park? Getting to your seats, like dealing with being around all those folks, and everything is so loud. Drinks are so expensive. You gotta yeah. buy t-shirts. T-shirts are so pricey. And then you get there, and like you can't see through the wicker basket of doom. Like, no, what do you? You can't see. You cannot. Ah, such a bummer. I did get uh, a great video on my phone of the Singh brother who went through the table. Oh! Sorry, I don't know which one you are. I'm sorry. Those Singh brothers just do so much good work. Yes. Yeah, Randy should just uh, bump them. That should be his whole career now. It's just finding reasons to throw them off things. Just find ways to kill a Singh brother. No kidding. One more thing. And I texted you guys this during the (laughs) pay-per-view. During that flag match. Oh, that flag match. Uh, there was a woman oh, to yeah. my right in the crowd who was like, th- there could not have been higher stakes for anything in the world for her than the outcome of that flag match. Hmm. And when Cena won, she was in tears. I'm not kidding you. Was she also in real drunk? I wish I could blame it on alcohol. Oh my God. But she seemed real. She was just overly invested. It's real to her, damn it. Oh, wow. Blame it on the patriotism. Yeah, she's wow. really into America. But let's get into some specifics from the show. The Great Khali returned, uh, which <laughs> oh, I found out later on the network, <laughs> to help Jinder Mahal retain his WWE championship in the Punjabi, the Punjabi prison. <laughs> what did you think of the final Randy Orton championship main event? But for a while. It's not the last one Yeah, ever. I mean, is it not? How, did, how was it on event? TV? I didn't watch it really. Okay. I can't. I can't like and and right. So I fell asleep. I woke up. I'm like, oh, I missed it. So I go back a little bit. Oh, what the fuck? It's Greg Colleen. Why is he there? And um, <laughs> and then I just didn't want to watch it after that because that was the big thing. Well, and yeah. I already felt like it was already a weird cage, and I don't understand how it worked. And I don't really want to see Randy and Gender wrestle again anyway. And I just had this feeling that like the most interesting thing that happened was great Kali coming back. But also, I didn't see the uh, the table bump. I saw all that on highlights later. But. Yeah, I watched it. Uh, I did also fall asleep, but I went back and um, and then I, and I did the I did the thing for for the culture. And um, yeah, like the best part were the Singh brothers. Right. Randy's mailing it in if he's not winning. Like he doesn't care. I shouldn't say that. That's not fair. I don't know that right. he doesn't care. Right, right. But you know, he, he just doesn't seem like he's super invested all of the time. He's just not, he's not really a person in his match or in his angles. He's not a person. Yes. Okay, you know? there we go. And that might, that's not necessarily his fault, but like, right. who is Randy Orton's character right now? Right. Yeah, I I think uh, that's a good point. He's either the person who goes undercover, like the undercover cop that everybody should know, like he's wearing the wire on the outside of his clothes. <laughs> or, I mean, yeah, because the legend killer doesn't exist anymore. Or he's the guy who's going to go attack your family. But, 
they did what they could with what they had. Yeah. That that match is bizarre. I did not know all the rules, but they had to explain them. They had to announce and explain them. I was like, well, that is too much. It's too it's many, many words to follow. Make it simple. And and also, Randy did the smartest thing of all, which is he climbed up to the top and then jumped over to the other yeah. cage. Yeah. yeah. Logically, that would make sense for a way to to try and win. Rather than the doors. Yeah, it was just too. It's it's one of those things where it's like I remember back when I thought the elimination chamber was too complicated, right. and then this happened, and I was like, oh, all right. Like I feel like it's like the IKEA of matches. Like it's, you know, then someone's <laughs> got to pull the lever, and then you move through the door, and then you, then then this door. When this door's open, the other door can't open. And it's all that. And you take the idol, and I'll take the whip. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> and it, and it's all of that with breadsticks, you know, just really big breadsticks. Um, but they're unlimited. They're unlimited as well. Yeah. Okay. See now, now we're talking about a match. Yeah, yeah like now talking about something I can get behind. You know. <laughs> yeah, let's look at another SmackDown title, the U.S. title, which has been all over the place this week. AJ Styles has it, then Kevin Owens wins it at Battleground, then AJ Styles wins it back Tuesday evening. What did you think of the finish where Kevin Owens won the title back from AJ Styles? Because there have been some reports that it was a botch. You know, it certainly did not look right on television. Mm. I remember texting you. Um, uh, yikes at yeah. that finish because it, it I mean and and what I noticed about that match even before it got to the finish is that like it wasn't as good as I thought that it should be I feel like when AJ and Cena have matches for instance I'm more emotionally invested in the outcome mm-hmm. when I'm looking at AJ and Owens have match I'm not feeling that same sense of like importance something about it is just that the stakes don't feel high to me right and i feel like maybe that just has something to do with with you know a lot of the luster having come off of owens's character since the stuff on raw and when he was champion and didn't beat anybody and all that stuff but um all that said when it did get to the finish it just seemed so flat so flat there was just nothing there emotionally for the finish to the point where as a viewer to me it didn't make much sense uh mm-hmm. there's been some reports that maybe it was a botch i'm i suck at knowing when things are botches you guys unless well, they're super obvious well we're not I'm supposed like, to know yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. because I'm they can like they, good at knowing. they can work us in so many ways yeah. they can work right. us with the initial thing is it a botch and they could botch something on purpose to mm-hmm. make it look weird yeah, there's no way we could know. Well, maybe the highlight of the century happened on Tuesday night when Owens was celebrating his win, and all of a sudden this happened. I am not defending my title tonight against you or anyone. Check that pop out. Check out that pop. It's so pure and beautiful. You know? Welcome back, man! (laughs) Man, DDP must not have paid him because he was like, I did some CrossFit, I did some blah, blah, blah. We ain't talking about DDP. DDP must not have. No free plugs for DDP yoga. It only has to come at an incongruous moment in this podcast where he's like, Yeah, we're going to talk about that in a second. But first, I want to talk to you about DDP yoga. (laughs) Oh, how great would that have been if he was like, Guys, we're going to talk about who's going to be next in the title. But first, I'm going to tell you about a little thing that got me back into the ring. A little bit of GTA. And they're just sitting there like, What the fuck? Oh, God. Uh, so good to see Jericho back. Yes. And so good to see him inserted, inserted into a logical feud. 
Uh, I don't know where they're going with this, but now AJ has the title back, which I guess was the idea all along that, was that he was never going to lose it. But Owens is now owed a rematch again, and yeah. Jericho has a claim to the title. Do you think that that three-way dance was strong enough to warrant a rematch at SummerSlam? But we did it. Right. <laughs> I'm just asking, you know, no, it was a great like, match. It was a great match, and that's kind of why I'm like, but we did it, but we did the thing. I would love to see, actually, I don't know, what would I love to see? Jericho's, <laughs> Jer- anytime someone new comes back, you're just like, ooh, the possibilities, but then you remember that Jericho has, He wrestled everybody. Just, yeah, he's wrestled yeah. everyone, so I'm just like, the, nope, I, n- nope. Uh, there's one person on the roster who hasn't wrestled. That is a fair point. Yep. I'm um, right. slow, please. Phil be in. Shinsuke Nakamura. Mm. Ah. That would be an amazing match. Oh, my mm. God. That'd be, yeah, that would be incredible. And we all know Nakamura, that he he's not going to be the number one contender. That's next week. Yes. Is Nakamura Cena. Why are they doing Nakamura Cena on free television? That's a pay-per-view match, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Am I crazy? Maybe the Papa rating, possibly. Mm-hmm. I guess. Is there is a is there a sports thing that they're or is there no they're not working against anything right now that's why no. they're trying to get Themselves. ratings yeah up. trying to yeah. get them ratings up so that they have it to show folks right but you know and I do I do I I've always said like I like the idea that anything can happen on a show like I mm-hmm. do like that I like yeah. the idea that like anything and it should feel like anything can happen on any given Tuesday um, so I like that they are going at it let's talk about the ladies hey ladies. <laughs> Uh, now, we also know that Natalia will be the one to challenge Naomi for the SmackDown Women's title, I assume, at SummerSlam, unless they unless they blow it off in two weeks, which would be kind of dumb. Uh, what do you think about that matchup? Because they seem to be playing it as, oddly, like, Natalia is the traditional wrestler who's going to restore dignity to the championship if you turned it into a toy. I think that's a good and sort of motivation. But Naomi's also like, fuck that dungeon, which seems odd. I don't think there's any wrestler uh, yeah. who wasn't going to fight in a dungeon match against Owen Hart that would disparage the dungeon. I mean, it's one of the most respected wrestling schools on the planet. Yeah, I think that that's like a weird, I think it's weird for her to be like, fuck the dungeon. Like, there's so much, I think that there's a way to say like, hey, like we respect where you came from and you guys have, you know, the hearts have so much history, but like, let new stuff be cool too. Right, yeah, she comes off as disrespectful. Yeah, I don't think that you have the face. But whatever, it's fine. I like it. I like a little little edge on my baby face. Yeah, you like like a little little stank on it? I like a little stank on on my baby face. I like that. Not too much, because you don't, you want those heel face dynamics. Right, but, as long as she's uh, ultimately babyface, which she is, she's a babyface, right? She's, you know, the crowd's supposed to be behind her. She's supposed to be, uh, you know, doing stuff, entertaining the people. Um, and she didn't say anything until Natalia said something to her, right? It wasn't like she provoked right. Natalia right. either. She went out there to shake hands, right? She was trying to show respect first. She was. So I think from that point, if she wants to be a little edgy, that's fine, you know. Okay. And Because and, and, I don't think she's disrespecting the legacy of the hearts um, just to do that. I think her thing is like, okay, yeah, like it's it's like that you're standing on something old, do do something now, I'm doing something and now. And which, that is a great, like if you're going to have a criticism, a criticism, a criticism, a criticism, a if you're going to have a criticism of Nettie, my bad. Yeah, if you're going to have that criticism of Natty, that's the one that you have is like, 
okay, but what have you done? Like, you've done a couple of things, but, like, for the most part, everything is my dad, my uncle, my Mm. uncle dad. Like, that's everything (laughs) that you've done. And so that is the criticism that you have of her. So I I agree that, like, I don't think that that's by, you know, I, I I think there's a way to say stop depending on your family's legacy and start standing on your own. Right. Um, that isn't necessarily fuck the dungeon. Yeah. No, fuck I, that dungeon. Clap, 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 clap. Fuck that dungeon. Clap, 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 clap. Final note from Battleground. The New Day has won their third tag titles from the Usos in a great match. Maybe the match of the night. Great match. Great heat all the way through. Told a great story. I love seeing Xavier and Kofi in there. Uh, that was a good mix-up. And then yeah. we saw in the video after, I don't know, I hope nobody's putting this over, but... The video where that was the first time Xavier had pinned somebody for any title really? in WWE. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's great. I thought Xavier really looked like a damn star. He yes, looked amazing. Too. Even really getting did. kicked out the air. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my great. God. That spot was <laughs> incredible. <laughs> and they actually brought it up in the video when they were talking about it. And he was like, because they were like, tell him, tell him the thing, tell him the thing. And he was like, no. And they were like, tell him the thing. And then finally he said it. And he was trying to talk. And he's like, I can't, you know, I got kicked out the air. So I can't, <laughs> I can't talk right now. But. Man, they... They both look so sharp, both teams. Mm-hmm. The Usos are, and they're both super over. God, I love the Usos. This version of the Usos. Yeah. Yeah. I love the Usos in 2014. I thought they were doing great work in the ring. They've always been talented wrestlers, but this character work and heel work is outstanding. Yeah. I love it. And it, you know, I get the sense watching these two teams work that they really enjoy working with each other, too. Yeah. And they're willing to, like, take risks and, and do great stuff. I mean, I... I you know, there's a lot of feuds that have been going on for far too long, but this is one I could watch a couple more months for sure. And I really like the SmackDown beatdown. I don't know if y'all saw yes. that when the Usos beat them up mid. Don't you dare be sour. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like you just heard like <laughs> Biggie get punched in the face while he was saying that, basically. <laughs> and then they got rolled out to the ring and beat up. I thought it was it, it was a really great uh, heel mm-hmm. light to shine on the And Usos. someone needed to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Dudes just stand there <laughs> in Garilla. 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 Dudes are just standing there. And you gotta wait for them to be like bah, 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 and say the whole thing and then run and jump and clap their asses outside. It was high time that someone nailed them right in the fucking face as they are talking and not paying attention. And I think and that goes with anybody. If you just stand in the back and gria, hit them in the face. <laughs> yep. Hit them in the face if you ain't going up first. And hit Michael Hayes in the face while you're at it. Just, just he's there. Turn hit Michael Hayes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's go over to Raw, where it's official. Braun versus Roman versus Samoa Joe versus Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam for the Universal title. Now, I'm not a huge fan. Like, the idea of everybody's going to come out and say their piece and then there's going to be a brawl is tale as old as time in WWE. But I thought the way it was pulled off on Monday night was really compelling and made me want to see that match, especially uh, Roman just going, man, shut the hell up, and then that punching Braun in the face. That was great. He's like, man, shut up, and just bam. Yeah. So I'm saying, more punching dudes in the face mid-sentence. <laughs> that's 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 what you can take away from this. That's Danielle's official, <laughs> my official platform, punch dudes in the face while they talking too much. Excellent stance. Thank you. Yeah, do, but did that, did that segment hype you guys up for the match? Eee. You know, I'm hype off of the main event scene on Raw in general right now and all of those combinations and matchups, 
I'm not specifically hyped on this match because it just seems like a weird and predictable way for Brock to lose the belt. So, like, in that sense, I'm not super excited. I'd rather see some, like, one-on-one matchups. But, I don't know. Like, this this grouping, like, everybody's kind of getting over. Um, Roman's not being booked to Superman through everybody. So, mm-hmm. like, there's actually some tension and unpredictability in it. I- I'm there for that for that whole setup right now. Mm-hmm. And and Joe has been nu- Joe has been fucking murdering it. Yeah, man. Braun, even Braun talking. Yes. Braun got yeah. some some lines in where I was like, "Okay, Braun, I see you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see you." The guy can talk. He can talk. It was good. It was nice. Fantastic. I'm so excited. I, the raw main event scene really is fantastic. It's great, man. So good. I'm going to title this short segment, Hey, I picked up that angle you dropped a couple months ago. Bailey beat <laughs> Sasha Banks to become the new number one contender for the Raw Women's title. Yikes! Hey, did you drop an angle? This says, does it feel too soon for this for her to get this win? But where the fuck was this win eight months ago? Mm. When, when was the last... Wait, uh, let's see. It was 2011 when they got called up to the main <laughs> roster, right? And they started that angle, and now it's 2017, carry the five. That angle, that should it feels like... I get that they're like, all right, well, now we'll do it. And but save it for SummerSlam. Is it, too, it for... is it too late? Not from the crowd reaction. Maybe for, for those of us who are paid to think about these things real hard. But, like, for the crowd seemed like they were, like, into it. You know I'm more than ready for heel Sash. Yeah. I'm more than ready for heel Sasha. And I like the idea because you can very easily see it go like, you know, I have been struggling and I have been doing shitty ever since I have been your friend and I've been trying to be this good guy. And so now I'm going to go back to the old me and you do you and I'm going to be over here fucking terrifying children or whatever. <laughs> like that's because that was the winning, the winning <laughs> ass Sasha didn't care. The one that was the boss was the boss and now she's become the best friend. And right. so if that's the angle that they're going in and like you made me weak, I was strong and our love and our friendship and our bond made me weak and now I got to go back to being who I was. That's a great angle. It, the only thing that bothers me about it is that for the last couple of months Sasha has not been booked weak she's been booked strong she's been becoming stronger as a character so inserting this right now kind of threw me off but as always I want to see where it goes but it just strikes me as another thing that they're just kind of turning on a dime and deciding to do and it doesn't add up with what we've seen the last couple of months. Well, they hate friendship is what it is. (laughs) Um, They don't like friends uh, as we can clearly have seen over the last few months. Yeah, that's real. Um, Don't be friends with nobody. Don't be friends with nobody. Don't be friends with nobody. (laughs) DTA. So I sorry, I'm thinking of best friends. This is going back to what we were talking about with them hyping up the the fatal four-way or whatever. Why the fuck do Dash and Dawson care if all those people are fighting? You know, I would, you know what? I I have I have a problem with literally every time they do <laughs> the pull apart where they call everybody from the back. I hate that so much because it just like it so clearly demarcates a line between who's important and who's not. Right. In terms of booking, like, like yeah, Ambrose isn't coming out to pull people. Apart. He's no. not, and none of them should be because none of them should give a fuck. Yeah. Honestly, right. Why do any of them? Why is Heath Slater out there? Why, like, why do any of them care? Why is the Mistaraj out there? Yeah. Why do they care? You really? That just use indie guys. Dress them up as bodyguards. That's what yeah, you do. Dress them up with security. Speaking yeah. of security, that bump that one dude took when Braun threw. <gasps> oh out of the yeah. Ring. Ooh, we 
we, we cleared Man. the top rope. Wow, I had to watch that shit like Ooh. three Oh, I watched that on a times. loop. Oh, it was beautiful. Kind of, Find I mean, that man. That's that, amazing. Find him. Incredible. Find him. Does that man still walking? Is he <laughs> no. okay? Oh, he rolled beautifully. Yeah. Yeah. beautiful. Because I, I watched it because I was like, did he die? I was like, no, he's just <laughs> no. that good. He's Who is this good, good. man? He, Got an extra $75. Follow that money. You'll find him. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a look at some quick stuff from the week. Uh, number one, how much are you looking forward to the Shinsuke Nakamura versus John Cena match next week? So much. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I love that it's happening, and I love that they've injected even higher stakes into it already. And hopefully, the way they do it, it'll be like a teaser for uh, you know a, a more satisfying build to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did love that John Cena that like truncated promo that he ended with. You can't see me. Hit the trumpets, boys. Yeah, I like oh, that trumpets. was great. That promo so was good. beautiful. Hit the where trumpets he was, was like, tight. Yeah. Who was he talking to again? I don't remember. He was talking to Gender. See, I didn't like that, though. Don't hinder Gender. Oh, see, I kind of liked it because he came out and Gender was like, I already know what you're going to say. <laughs> yeah. You're going to say this, you're going to say that, and you're going to say this. And he was like, shut up. And then he like did the short version of that promo. I was like, y'all already know. All right, bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm worried in that positioning of Cena coming out to talk shit to Gender like that. I'm worried about them not using Cena's limited time he has in the ring to properly kind of make other people look strong. Mm. I feel like he's still coming in and kind of shitting on everybody. Um, and I don't know. You know, I, I think there might be a better use for him as a as a soon-to-be part-timer, if not part-timer now. As a statesman, I will say, and this is just me, when Daniel Bryan comes out and he's like, I don't care what your last name is. I don't care that your last name is Cena. Part of me also wanted to be like, I don't care that you are kind of my brother. Like, right. why doesn't that ever? We are basically related now. <laughs> yeah. I don't care that we have Sunday dinner. I'll see yeah. you at Thanksgiving. I'll yeah. see you for Downton Abbey, bitch. <laughs> Man, how fun would that be if Daniel Bryan was like, and, and, no more Sunday dinners. And then he just walks up. <laughs> I don't like your cigar room. <laughs> Uh, all right, so the club, who are now faces, I guess, are taking on the revival. Oh, no, wait, wait, no. I really enjoyed them I love me pretending too. to be faces in that match. So I loved good. it so much. I don't even know why I enjoyed that so much. But I don't know. Maybe it was a fresh take. Maybe it was them tapping into something that's latent inside of them. But them, like trying to be like entertaining it was just tickling me so much yeah and not doing like stupid heel balls jokes and all this other <laughs> bullshit I kind of wish uh, Dash's last name was baldness because then they'd be like the wrestling equivalent of ZZ Top <laughs> oh, but it, oh that's funny but also like I no did, it's not no, it's not it's funny. funny if you say oh that's funny <laughs> like, I'm don't comic, humor me, I'm jaded stop but also <laughs> and I hope no one was putting this over I don't know if you guys are but that moment like they did that backstage thing where they're talking to not Tom or whoever and he's like damn I it. am not a nerd I'm just kidding no. damn it okay and he's like I am not a nerd and so then they start apologizing and Nia's back there and she's like no because they're all like shooting the shit afterwards and then they go to like Too Sweet and Nia goes to Too Sweet and then of course they're like ha nerd and then Nia's walking with them and it's the best thing in the world I do I do I love I love the nerd thing too yeah. I love it you it's like great. a couple of nerds 
Because <laughs> it, it is such like they're such fucking just old ass dads. Yeah. They're just such dads. They're they they'll kick your ass, but man, like that's yes, you do call people nerds. You know that what that, is rem- who you are. that reminds me of the fact that Braun reminds me of that character from Revenge of the Ogre. Nerds. Right. Ogre. And 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 how crowds are embracing him. It's like, man, maybe in the in the space we are now, like the people we can get really get behind are those like clear caricatures. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> maybe, like we can get behind like a high school bully character right now as a baby face. Well, you know, Ogre does eventually become a trilam. That's true. That's true. Too. That's true. So he's a good guy. He all turned along. baby face back in '83. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the alpha betas just got to him first. That was mm-hmm. the problem. All right, let's talk about Nia Jackson. That kick-ass fucking front flip senton she did. It was great. I like. I just, I just wanted to point it out and say it was great. No, I like new things. And yeah. it makes me happy that she's doing new things because um, the more new things that she can do, the more the the closer we'll get to having her like be a champion someday. Yeah, and, and I want that. That was versus Emma, correct? Yes, and and I like how that thing was even set up mm-hmm. where she came out talking shit to Kurt and Kurt put her in a match with Nia and she got squashed. I mean, you know, hopefully, yeah. hopefully there's some room for her character to grow because it, it seems, seems kind of dynamic to me especially with that whole I kicked off the women's revolution angle. Mm. Um, I think there's room for her to do stuff. Also, and I'm not going to lie, part of it is selfish because the, in the same way that they had to make a smaller belt for Alexa Bliss. You want I a big want, belt. Yeah, because I big, want a belt for me. Big Nia belt. I want a belt that I can wear. That's real. I want a Daniela Nia-sized belt. How about it? Ah, oh, I need it. I'd All sleep right. with it. All right, coming <laughs> up next. This is Jason Jordan at his first solo outing against Kurt Hawkins. I... How do you look? Loved that it match. It was great. Yeah. I absolutely, like... Uh, when he first started losing his shit and taking his clothes off and all of that in the corner, I was just smiling <laughs> at home. Like, I, I really... I like... If if his character is like this clean cut guy, but if you push him, he just kind of freaks out and, mm. and beats the hell out of people. I am very there for that. Festus, yes. The bell rings yes. and he gets nuts. No, yeah, I think that that's. I loved it. I thought that that was super great. Um, I am ready for them to stop showing the Barbara Walters fucking Kurt, Kurt <laughs> his fake black son interview now. Oh Jesus, we, we, we get it. Kurt's got a fake black son. Like, <laughs> Two so. generations, no necks. <laughs> <laughs> If you've got any thoughts about this week in wrestling, let us know about it. In fact, go to our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tights fights to read a very interesting, almost tinfoil hat theory about Jason Jordan and Kurt uh, Kurt Angle and where that could potentially lead. I found it very interesting. I don't know if I buy any of it, but stranger things have happened. have to read it. I can't wait to see what black woman is his real mom. Since his, uh, uh, since his mom in real life it's Shelton, Be- Shelton is Benjamin's white. mama <laughs> oh, he's coming goodness. back soon uh, also you can find us on Twitter at Tights Fights when we come back well, it's time to take a look at the current direction of the blue and red brands that's up next on Tights and Fights Hey guys, this is Adam Conover. You may know me from my true TV show, Adam Ruins Everything. Well, guess what? Now we're doing a podcast version right here on Maximum Fun. What we do is we take all the interesting, fascinating experts that we talk to for just a couple minutes on the show, and we sit with them for an entire podcast, really going deep and getting into the fascinating details of their work. Find Adam Ruins Everything wherever you get your podcasts or at MaximumFun.org. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Loveland, and I'm joined in the booth by... Danielle Radford. And... Michael Eagle. 
Sorry. <laughs> All right. So I was excited. To say you are name. counted as present. That's Thank the, you. That's the start of Mike's music. Yeah. <laughs> Michael, Michael Eagle. Eagle. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while, we like to give one thing from the wrestling world some extra attention. This is our main event. We're roughly two years into the modern rendition of the WWE brand split. Is that true? I thought it was like a year ago. Uh, it started, isn't that two years? No. Oh, we're one year. Okay. So we're yeah, one we're year in. Yeah, you know what? Around. Keep this in. This is a very interesting point. We're only one year in, oh, but it feels like two years. twice. That's why I got confused. They've done two superstar shake-up things at this point. That's right, because they right. had the trades. Yeah. They did a shake-up. That's right. right. SmackDown and Raw now have completely separate rosters. That happened last year. Let's take a quick look at how they're doing so far. So last year, it seemed like early on, SmackDown started to pull away because they were trying fresh things like Talking Smack, which is now gone. Um, <laughs> they were giving full service to their entire women's division. That's kind of gone, although all the women seem to be busy right now. Mm. Um, and then the... Midcard had the greatest thing going in The Miz as Intercontinental Champion, which he is now again, but on Raw and doing fine for who he is. But the midcard scene on SmackDown uh, seems to have stayed healthy because they picked up Kevin Owens and AJ Styles. Uh, now Jericho is back into the mix. So last year, SmackDown was the better show, sort of front to back overall. We still feel that way. A little over a year later, verily no. <laughs> this was a, it was a good. It was great this week. Yes, um, both shows were great. But I right? still I still feel like Raw was better. Um, it was. I just mm-hmm. I, I feel like I don't know. Like they kind of have the that good symphony of booking going on, on Raw right now. Where I feel like everybody's involved with something. Everybody's angles are getting advanced. Um, and their main event scene, I really think, just puts them way over the top, man. SmackDown's main event scene is the worst right now. Like yeah. it, it was, it was interesting when they brought Jinder in and put him at that level, but they kind of did that to the detriment of guys like AJ and Kevin, who are now like by proxy relegated to the mid-card because they're all mm-hmm. fighting over the U.S. title, it kind of makes the whole show feel mid-card to me for some reason because I don't mm-hmm. care about the main event. See, right. Jinder, I, I was excited for it. I think I still could be. It was the it was the Randy Orton of it all was the yeah. part that kind he, of wrecked it for me. Yeah, that's their two-man main event division right now. I mean, Cena coming in and Nakamura coming in and Baron yeah. Corbin waiting in the wings are all interesting, but... I. From a fan perspective, not working for the company at all, not yeah. never drawing a check for wrestling one day of my life. Thank you, Mr. Pritchard. It, if you if if I were in charge and I had to pick somebody to make Jinder Mahal, it would not be Randy Orton. Randy Orton's mm-hmm. a good guy to face once you've already been established. Yes. He'll give you a good match, but it just he hasn't had his defining win as champion yet and he needs a straight up win and i think going over orton a few times due to nefarious sing brother great collie nonsense is fine but it's been we're going like three or four months now right yeah, like yeah. super you can't put randy orton in three or four months with anybody no not nobody for me. not it's for just... me you can't have him on the show three or four months in a row for me yeah no right. not, Come, not yeah. i i would be more than happy if that dude was just like i'm gonna be a part-timer all right see ya I, hit I, some hit some rkos at wrestlemania bruh I could be okay with him as like some agent of chaos 
just right. coming out RKOing people. But not if he's involved in a program with anybody, he is bogging them down in some way. And and I think the introduction of him and gender made sense because it was establishing, no, we're serious about making gender a main event and we're going to prove it to you by putting him up against one of our most established people. But you only need to do that one month. Yep. And then you got to move the fuck on. All the way on. I think you can tie the dip in quality to SmackDown back oh, to a singular event. We, what? Yeah. I have to a me, it's Randy Orton winning the Royal Rumble. Because that, okay. that set a course of events where he was going to be involved in the main event mm. all the way up to WrestleMania. And then he's, he stayed involved with it through WrestleMania. I mean, he's been in the world title picture pretty much by himself on SmackDown for the last five or six months. Mm. It's too much. This is not the Hogan era anymore. And he's not hes not a Hogan-type guy. I mean, he's a top guy. I'm not saying he's a mid-carder or anything. No, but he's a top guy. He's, he's not a rarefied era. Like, right now, Roman Reigns can be in more main events because people go nuts. They don't want him there, so they <laughs> boo him, which is why I would put him there all the damn time. Plus, wow. he puts out great matches. I don't get that from from Randy Orton as a fan. Do you agree with my assessment? I do, but I I put the blame, uh, according to hearsay, more on one uh, James Road Dog Armstrong being the uh, when he took over creative. him him having the book on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. To me, is when it seemed to take a serious dip in terms of interest. Yeah. Anytime you have a creative change like that, you're gonna have a dip in quality either way. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I know that didn't, how much was Road Dog involved in, this, these are the words that you say when you're in art. how much was Road Dog involved in, <laughs> in, in, in like NXT and stuff? I mean, I, who, I, I he's like a trainer, right? Yeah, I feel like he had a lot of involvement and he's had a lot of involvement in other things. He was on the Raw writing team for a long time too. Mm, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, we remember how that went. Well, I, that's the thing is, you know, at the end of the day, we don't even know. Like, right. you know, we oh, could have great ideas that get shot down by Vince. Right. We don't I, know. I just feel like when SmackDown first uh, went live and the story was that Ryan Ward was the head writer of SmackDown coming straight off of NXT, I noticed that SmackDown's talent was being treated in a way that seemed suddenly very much more interesting. Land right? of opportunity. Yes. And that's gone. And that's, that I think, is, is the biggest. Right. The land of opportunity part of it is does not feel like it's still happening. I agree. Because that's when you got the shakeups. That's when you got all of a sudden, you know, all these people who had been kind of relegated to positions. You were seeing people switch spots and people who weren't doing anything were coming out. That's when you get Brizongo having like some shit to do. That's when you get um, Heath Slater and, and Rhino having some shit to How do. How over was Heath Slater? My God. Right. Well, he was the most over guy in the company for, for a couple months. Yeah, that's that's when you get show. like people taking chances and, and gender all of a sudden happening. And that was the thing that made SmackDown interesting was that like it felt like, again, like that anything could happen kind of feel. And I'm wondering if something like Asina versus Shinsuke is their way of replicating what that used to be. Because it did feel like everyone was getting kind of a chance. Like, I don't think that without that, I don't think you get Naomi as champion. Right. Right. I think that that was, it, it, even though it seems like it should be a fucking no-brainer, she's been with the company forever, but like, you, 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 I don't think you get the feel the glow, which of course it's over and then they got the belt and they did all that stuff, but like, I don't know that you, I don't, again, without it being the land of opportunity, I don't know that those opportunities happen. So to me, I would say the, bi- the biggest problem that Raw has is that their tag division is okay, but their, their mid-card... The IC title is a huge, prestigious title. Let's not forget 
that tournament in Rio de Janeiro. <laughs> Pat Patterson nearly lost his eye <laughs> in his winning effort, and he brought that title back to North America where it belongs. Where it has stayed forever. Yeah. <laughs> on, on the, the one, went on the one continent. <laughs> just, yeah. Just chilling here. Just chilling on this <laughs> just continent. Just chilling on this continent. And, and as hard as The Miz is working, like, who's he feuding with right now? We don't really know. I mean, not really anybody. I mean, he's he's feuding with Ambrose, but it seems to be more in service of of setting up Ambrose and Rollins to be together again. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. it's not. Yeah, the belt itself is useless in that scenario, really, where you're gonna have all these tag team and three on one and all those matches. You know, man, I did really enjoy that moment when when he was talking to in the interview with in the, with the Mistaraj, and he was like, you know, it's like how they keep doing all those reboots, and he reboot the thing, and then uh, instead of just going with the thing that works, you decide to. Do do some old shit, essentially, which is what he said. And first I had to be like, am I on the right show? Because I just assumed <laughs> I was back at Screen Junkies. And then, like, <laughs> but it was. It was a really nice kind of moment. And it's like, as much as I think we all enjoy the idea of a S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion, it does kind of feel like, well, got to be something new this time. If you're gonna if you're gonna do this, and also like both of those guys were single star, I don't know, right? Because like the answer can't possibly be we need one more hour of Raw to get all of these mm. guys on. No, maybe cut the cruiserweights too. Give them their own show. They're not getting over on Raw. No, they're not. I don't think the Raw helps them. And I think that if you, I think because the idea is that you watch it on Raw, it's a little bit of a tease, and you go back and you watch the show. But because of what I think the lackluster response can be on Raw, I think that actually hurts them. Actually, this week I found myself really interested for the first time in a long time at, like, the cruiserweight angle. Mm -hmm. Um, I like what they're doing with Titus and Tozawa. I like Tozawa's attitude. I like that he's, like, like... him being not afraid to challenge Neville when, like, his entire body is falling apart is some shit I can really get behind. Right. And then I like how they had Davari come out and do his super devastating clothesline to both of them. I'm like, okay, I'm starting to see this take shape in a way that doesn't feel like it's a complete departure from Raw. It feels like, okay, these are wrestlers involved in an angle on Raw. So I think... If they can keep going in that direction, I'm feeling better about the cruise. Yeah, because I think that like when people would put up the, them ropes, it would be like, oh, time for me to go to the bathroom, Check or out time, time for me to leave, yep. because this is something that has no consequences on this show, right. and only has consequences on another show that I may or may not watch. Right. What, because they're inserted into the wrong show. They're putting them on Raw when they follow SmackDown. They should be getting that that crowd hyped. I agree. So that that crowd is ready to see them afterwards. And then like, oh, I can go home. I saw uh, Kevin Owens get a power bomb from AJ Styles through mm-hmm. a table. I guess it's time to go. Wait, no. Another hour? And then you could set up stuff that's like, oh, shit, something really interesting is about to happen after this. Right. Like, you you know, oh, this thing is going to happen and then it'll happen after the show. I'm, I kind of want to stick around because I want to see what happens now. Let us know what you think about the direction of WWE's main shows at facebook.com slash group slash tightsfights or and slash at tightsfights on Twitter. When we come back, it's time for three more things we've loved from wrestling. That's up next on Tights and Fights. I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. And we host the weekly comedy podcast, One Bad Mother. We celebrate our moments of parenting genius as well as our failures. Just like, we're yeah. going to have hot dogs. And I'm yeah. like, oh, no, we're having fun. Everybody loves hot dogs. Yeah. And he just like smashes that thing right on my chest. And then I'm just uh, crying in the middle of like kids space yeah. while people are like literally dancing with their children. Parenting can be sad and painfully funny at the same time. So join us each week as we admit that this is hard, but we're getting really good at it. Find us at MaximumFun.org or wherever you download podcasts. Time to buy. 
podcast. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by Danielle Radford and Michael Eagle. Still, still. <laughs> Every week, we end the show by sharing some of the joy of pro wrestling with you. This is the three count. Danielle, you're up first. What do you want to put over? Okay, um, so I'm going to do that thing that I do because I'm awesome where I'm going to talk about a couple things. First thing is really, really quick. Um, I just want to, we lost a friend, a constant companion. We lost Daryl Takahashi Mm. this week, y'all. So I just wanted to do that LL Cool J, kiss your mouth and put it up to the sky. Mm -hmm. So pour one out, tap your glass, do whatever you do. Rest in peace, Daryl. Hopefully we'll see you soon. Does that mean we're going to die? Yeah, wait. Maybe. maybe. I or hope they'll we, just be like I a hope Darryl. we see you in 60 to 70 years. <laughs> or, like, or like a Daryl 2. Or maybe it's wrong. Maybe Daryl can be repaired. We don't like, know yet, nice. guys. We don't know. Yeah. But I'm going under the assumption that Daryl has probably passed away. So rest in peace, buddy. And I'm going to find a dozen Daryls at the Build-A-Bear next to my house. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then secondly, I want to put over the best thing in the whole wide world that I hope don't get nobody fired. So Renee... And fucking Daniel Bryan did their own gorilla, sorry, gorilla version, <laughs> version of Talking Smack called Smacking Talk, where they made fun of not only Talking Smack getting canceled, but also made fun of Tout because it's brought to you by Tout, and then also made fun of the fake black sun angle <laughs> when when he tried to talk to Chad Gable. Chad Gable about how he is his daddy. And so here's a little bit of that. Paternity test. Brilliant! And I haven't opened it yet. I, I wanted to wait to share this moment with you. You know about this? I'm just here for the moment. It's brilliant, though. Yeah. Yeah, I thought we could share this moment together. You're five years older than me. You're not my dad. <laughs> I was a very virile five-year-old. Were you a virile child as well? Of course I Look at me. Of, of course, course I was. was. Oh, but that doesn't he's mean that. He's my son. Yeah. We don't. It's a real thing. A um, real it's amazing. And if you watched it, like, the paternity <laughs> test is literally just, like, him opening up a thing that says, this is a real paternity test. And I am your dad or whatever. <laughs> what, where do you watch that? Um, it, Daniel Bryan shared it on his Twitter. I think it's on YouTube. But if you go to his Twitter, you can find it. Until somebody makes him take it down or he get fired. So anyway, those oh, are the WWE things. We shouted it out. I think they're gonna let them let them keep at it. Yeah. Ooh, so maybe this will be a new short segment where they do f- stuff where they make fun of other WWE angles. Yeah. And I'm probably here for that as well. So there you go. That's what I'm putting over. Just don't tell Vince. Don't yeah, tell Vince. Don't let him know. Stop snitching. Whoever <laughs> snitched about talking smack last time, stop snitching. That's right. Snitch. You get stitches. You get stitches. Right. Mike, what do you want to put over? Uh, I like to listen to uh, wrestlers talk to other wrestlers, uh, sometimes on the phone, sometimes over Skype, sometimes in the same room. Um, on the last week's iteration of Stone Cold Steve Austin's thing that I would call a podcast, there was a such thing as another wrestling podcast, that's what I would call it. Oh, I haven't heard of those. Yeah, me either. Um, he had uh, X-Pac, Sean Waltman on, and they X-Pac. answered... X-Pac! <laughs> Um, he um and they answered Twitter questions, 
and That's great. and they just talked wrestler shit, and it was great. And he talked about what happened at the airport, and he talked about having heat with Ric Flair when he had heat. Ric Flair. He had heat with Ric Flair. He had the heatest heat with Ric Flair. Ooh, and, heat and with Ric. F- I know what I'm listening to on the drive home. It's good. It's <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> and and uh, any and and Stone Cold starts it off just, just even just ribbing X Pac, which is funny too. Hearing Stone Cold rib somebody because it's just precious. The man is obviously a little brain damaged, and the shit that tickles him is just always fun to listen to. Here's a little clip from that show. My guest day is Shane Walton, part of the old WWE faction Generation X from the Altitude Era. <laughs> and that's what happened. <laughs> um, but no, I, you know, I enjoy I enjoyed that conversation a lot. And apparently they did two tapings, so I think he's going to be on this week as well. I'm not going to listen to those guys forever. So they're one, two, three segments? Hello. Mm. <laughs> How many segments were there, and why was it three? Um, <laughs> I want to put over Talking Smack. I know it's gone, but it came back because there was just a pay-per-view, Battleground. And in my sweet-ass home city of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, I love you so much, Kevin Owens showed up to claim responsibility for the show being canceled and just harass Renee Young. Just listen to it. Drink it in, man. <laughs> the lack of respect for me is sickening. What? I'm a guest on this show. What did In fact, I do the only reason the only reason talking smack is even happening right now is because they wanted me to come here. No, I think it's actually because we are also going to have the WWE champion on the show. Uh, we're also going to have Natalia on the listen, show. Listen, you, I resurrected the show that you ruined. That is how you be a heel. <laughs> okay. Now we all know that does it for tights and fights. We are a podcast on the Maximum Fun Network. This week, our hosts are Danielle Radford and Mike Eagle, along with me, Hal Lublin. Our producer slash seducer is Julian Burrell. Whoa. Senior producer of Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Seducer. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music as well. I'm being seduced. (laughs) Keep up with us all week long at (laughs) Facebook.com slash group slash Tights Fights and at Tights Fights on Twitter. And if you love the show, remember... Hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts and share us with all your friends. Thank you so much to all the Maximum Fun members who have chosen to support our show and keep the lights on at the Tights and Fights Arena. And we'll be back next week for even more, you guessed it, wrestling. Tights and Fights Podcast. Tights and Fights. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.